to fear, where terror is homegrown. Join us as we take a drive down dusty back roads and discover the obscure and dark history of this country, human and otherwise, that lurk in your backyard. Hey guys, welcome back to State of Fear Podcast. I am your host, Chris, and with me as always is the co-host with the mostest, my good friend, my buddy, my compadre, my fellow Hawaiian warrior, James. <laughs> Mahalo. Mahalo, that's right. And if you can't tell, today's episode is on Hawaii. The great state of Hawaii that's and right. a mighty fine state it is. Yes. Home of such greats as Magna P.I., Hawaii Five O, Don Ho, Don Ho. That's right. And Moana. Moana. Look at yeah, watch out now. Hey, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. That's right. Hey, Another great one. No, nope, can't forget that. <laughs> and then was the Brady Bunch go to Hawaii? That's right. Uh, I think Scrubs went to Hawaii once. I think. And on a half serious note, the awesome Pearl Harbor Memorial. Oh yes, the awesome memorial the, uh, to the Arizona the Memorial, the Pearl Harbor Museum. Yes. It is absolutely a awe-inspiring, very sad, very somber, but you also feel extraordinarily proud being being, being American. there. Yeah. yeah, being American and being there. Absolutely. So today's episode is on the Hawaiian Night Marchers, which is a topic that is new to me, old James. So it's very interesting to learn all about this doing yes. the research. Uh, and James, you actually went to Hawaii. I did. And you have some notes from your trip. Let's hear all about your trip. Well, let's put it this way. I'll I'll abbreviate it. Um, Eight-hour flight, direct flight from Houston. It's not bad. Landed in Hawaii. Okay. Kid you not, we hit the ground, got to the hotel, which, by the way, we stayed about two blocks off of the beach because we weren't going to be at the beach. Gotcha. Had my sons with us. We were going to be out doing stuff. We're mm-hmm. not going to be sitting in no hotel room staring at the beach. Okay. This was a vacation especial. Okay. Uh, my second to the youngest, Noah, had just graduated. This was 2009. Okay. And uh, so we hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. First night, literally hit the ground, headed to Red Robin, had a hamburger, Bam. 7 o'clock p.m. that night. We landed at like 4. Okay. And by 7 o'clock, we were loading up in a van to take the Oahu Ghost Tour. Oh, okay. Fantastic. All right. Fantastic experience. And my now ex-wife, who's still a very good friend of mine, will be our... uh, Personal encounter. Will be our personal encounter story for this episode. Yeah. Because during this ghost tour, we did have some experiences. She did, bless her heart. Back then, I was a huge skeptic. Okay. Very much a believer, though. I mean, we've talked about this before. You are a skeptical believer. A skeptilever. Skeptilever. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. But that is exactly right. Okay. Uh, I was very skeptic. I believed, but I needed to see. You know, I wasn't going to just buy stuff. Like The only thing I go on by faith is Jesus and God. Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. That's it. Not the best Christian in the world, but I tried. 
So to try to shorten this so it's not too long, we, we get in the van, go to our first location. This is in a jungle location. Approximately 78,000 islanders were slaughtered in this area. Wow. Apparently by an invading tribe from another... God knows where they came from because the next nearest freaking island is like hundreds of miles away. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know how they managed it. Maybe it was from another Hawaiian island. I, I can't remember the history. My apologies there. I should have my facts a little better, but I'm just doing this from memory. Right, right. Well, it's, anyway, it was, that was like um, huge death count. 11 years ago. So Yeah, huge death count. Okay. Thousands dead. So this area was just littered with paranormal activity. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Oh, yeah. It must have been. So, sure. uh I'm going to give them a little plug here. It's Wahoo Ghost Tours. All right. And the owner of the company and very cool guy is is Uncle Joe. Okay. He is an actual Hawaiian priest. He does pray in Hawaiian. He does ritualistic uh, Hawaiian prayers before we go for protection. Mm-hmm. He wears his ceremonial robe. And we go up there and he starts to call them out. Okay. Uh, and then he's walking along and he'll point at specific areas and be like, over here. I feel something here. Start taking pictures. Well, all this time, at the time, you know, like I said, I didn't know how sensitive she was to activity. During the tour in this particular area where all these people were killed, uh, we're walking around. He's telling everybody to take snapshots. So people are getting pictures of orbs, blue, red, different colors, things like that. Okay. Some self-illuminating, some, you know, God knows. But I'm, me, me being me, I was like, we're in the jungle, dude. Yeah, you know, there's stuff flying around out there's here. There's bugs Sorry. and dust all over the place. I ain't buying it right now. But then we came down off the mountain. Uh, I'm not going to tell too much about this because okay. the story. But from my perspective, yeah, I witnessed the first time I've ever seen anybody get attached. Interesting. Uh, I saw him cleanse and rid the spirit, and then I also witnessed. Uh, once we were done with that, we got in the van. We went to another location, and I also witnessed the first contact. With somebody from the other side. Interesting. At least I witnessed somebody who was having the experience. Okay. I say she was having this experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't wait for her to tell that story at the end of this episode. Yeah. But anyway, it was a very intriguing evening. Very cool. Uh, very cool. And then there was one part when it di- when we did deal with the night marchers. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, we didn't actually confront them. Right. We that particular night we just it wasn't part of the tour, unfortunately. But we did hear the legends. We heard the legend of the pork over the poly. It's called. It's a mm-hmm. highway in in uh, Hawaii. And if you actually drive over it with pork in your vehicle, or hike over it, and you're carrying pork on you of any kind, bacon, ham. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy. Yeah. But. They claim bad luck will fall upon you. And there were many stories of people who had done this and bad luck, you know, their cars would break down. They'd get deathly ill, uh, fall and break bones. I mean, it was just very strange. So no pork over that bridge, huh? Don't do it. No. Don't do it. Not worth it. Leave your pork on the other side of the bridge. Anyway, when we get into the discussion about the night marchers, there is a part that I found very cool. They said, because when you're in there and they're coming to you, you are to get down. Mm-hmm. You got to kneel down. You got to look down at the ground, and you have to stay within a circle of salt for protection. Okay. These things are vicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they are like Hawaiians. Hawaii's versions of like cannibalistic, monstrous killing. I mean, I don't know what you'd call them. They're like the Reavers from if you ever watch Firefly. Yeah. They are that undisciplined. They are savage. Okay. You know, they are they are just they're just killers. Okay. And I think they were the ones who perpetrated 
then I mean, there there are live versions were the ones who perpetrated these, you know, this uh, invasion. I'm not oh, sure. Okay. okay. I don't want to give false facts, but they are some. There's some bad eggs, man. There's okay. some bad actors. So we would have to do that, and we were told if we looked up, if we encountered the night marchers, he he had salt on him, and we mm-hmm. had to carry salt on us for protection as part of the tour. Okay, uh, but if there was any time when the night marchers were coming, he had salt on him ready to make a circle. Okay, and we were all to get in the si- inside the circle and look down, and they would pass right by you. Mm-hmm. If you looked up, they would something would happen to right. you. He says you don't want to test them. He says they can hurt you. They can do this. And the whole time I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, you're like, Come yeah, on, right, man. sure. But over the years studying the paranormal, I have learned that things can reach in from other dimensions and other uh-huh. planes, and they can physically harm you, psychologically, physically, mentally, whichever way you want to think about it. Okay, they can get you. So we took it serious, but we didn't actually encounter them. But I am really cool. I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Getting into this, getting this story topic, yeah, and it was interesting. And was hearing very... some of the other research because, like I said, it has been a very long time, right? But it was such a cool story back then. I remember when uh, Hawaii came up. I picked this story. I yeah. said, "Man, let's do the let's do the night, night marchers. marchers." Yeah, because it it sounds like an awesome. And story it was something I heard of. So uh, doing the research was interesting because I always like learning about new stuff. Absolutely, which is part of the it's reason like for doing this podcast. Absolutely, yeah. I've heard a lot of stuff on this show. What are we? This is the tenth episode, and I've already 11. learned probably like eight and. It's 11? It's 11, buddy. It's 11. My 11. Fault. Hey, my fault. Yeah, but in these 11 episodes, I've already learned a ton of stuff that I didn't know before. beforehand. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. That is, that just, that's what makes this thing so fun. Okay, well, before we get into the main story of the Night Marchers, James, you have a really interesting story for uh, this week's Weird News, don't you? Yes, I do. And uh, due to all this coronavirus lockdown stuff, coronavirus, I, I was looking and this one caught my eye immediately because I love animals, always have, and this story kind of tickled my funny bone a little bit. Okay. So it's a little more lighthearted. It's all not right. scary. I just found it real interesting and I hope you guys <clears throat> like it too. And anyway... The story is by Stephen Saras of Fox News. Title of the article is Mountain Goats Use Coronavirus Lockdown to Take Over a Welsh Town. I awesome. love it. That's great. That means man gets the hell out of the way. That's right. And let the animals have some fun. And that's been happening quite a bit lately. Yep. Well, story goes, a gang of mountain goats descended on a town in Wales this week as residents hunkered down indoors on lockdown to limit the spread of the coronavirus. And I am really sick of hearing that word, too. Well, it's not going away anytime soon. No, it's not. But the herd has defied all social distancing orders marauding into the seaside town of Luandu. I don't know how you pronounce it. L-L-A-N-D-U-D-N-O. Close enough, I guess. Luandu. I'm just going to say Londono in North Wales several times in the past week. Good for you, goats. That's right. Andrew Stewart, a video producer for the Manchester Evening News, 
has chronicled the escapades of the furry visitors in photos and video posted on Twitter. Go look it up. To quote, I, for one, welcome our new goat overlord, Stewart tweeted, along with a close-up photo of one of the visiting one of the visitors sticking its head up through a bush as it was enjoying its lunch. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The goats, which normally live in a vast headland near the sea called the Great Orm, have taken advantage of the lack of people, thank God, Mm -hmm. and cars to roam into the seaside town. They have been pictured strolling the empty streets, Clamoring up stone walls and feasting on the leaves of residents' neatly trimmed trees and bushes. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Quote, there's no one around at the moment because of the lockdown, so they take their chances and go as far as they can, Stewart told the Associated Press on Tuesday from his parents' pub in Luandinu. Luandinu. <laughs> Where he is waiting out the pandemic. In a pub. I'm going to tell you what. Hey. It's the best place to wait it out. I guess so. Quote, and they are going further and further into the town. The United Kingdom remains on lockdown. The goats appear to still be very wary of people, according to Stuart. I don't blame them. But the long-horned animals are taking their chances. Quote, and I think it's because it's so quiet and there's hardly anyone around to scare them or anything that they just don't really care and are eating whatever they can, he said. Stewart said he first spotted the goats from his parents' pub last week, nibbling on some bushes for a midnight snack. That means they just in there just going to town. I love right. it. He even called the police, who chased the herd back into the orm. That's a great fun day for the police. But the goats, in defiance, have returned. Night of the goats. Stewart tweeted that they were gathering groups of more than two. Uh-oh. Goat running in clicks. Again, not following the CDC well, anyway, that is the end of the story. I love that it. That is awesome. That's a great story. That's it's short, so much but fun. it's lighthearted. I like it. Yeah. It's a little bit of fun news in a pretty rough time. I love hearing all these stories about nature coming back into areas that were once overtaken by man. That's right. Yeah. Any movie where the animal wins, I love it. Yeah, like the dolphins in the the canals of Venice. That's right. It's really cool. Yeah, it, it's really awesome to the, see all this the happen. The birds in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. The Birds, yeah. <laughs> Now, the following research has come from a few places. HawaiiMagazine.com, Olukai.com, and, of course, Wikipedia. If you find yourself in Hawaii on a beach at sunset, most would consider themselves extremely lucky to be surrounded by such beauty. That is, unless you hear the drums. These signal the coming of the night marchers. The night marchers are death-dealing ghosts known to come out from their burial sites or to rise up from the ocean and to march in a large group to ancient Hawaiian battle sites or to other sacred places. They are said to be warriors who march from sunset to sunrise, dressed for battle and carrying weapons, drums, or conch shells to play their advance march. Now they march across every island in the chain. Although most reports come from the island of Oahu, Along the Pali Highway, from which, during the battle, King Kamehameha threw his enemies over a cliff to their deaths. 
Other places include the plains of Kamehameha on Maui, Hanapepe in Kauai, and on Hilo, Wapio, and Palilua on Hawaii. And if I butcher these, I apologize. That's okay, because I had to read that fish story in the last episode, and those too many big words, so <laughs> it's your turn. That one. Yeah, your turn. For real. These places are known as entrance places to the next world, stopping places on the way to the beyond, even places where souls are known to wander. The first documented record of the Night Marchers dates back to the time of Captain Cook's arrival on the islands. In 1883, recovered archives registered the first reference to the Hokai, describing a mighty phantom army, the Olu spirit ranks, proudly led by the spirit of King Kamehameha, pacing angrily about on the big island of Hawaii. Several residents tell ghostly tales of rhythmic chanting, horn blowing, and the beating of distant drums carried on the evening trade winds. Both locals and visitors report bright torches sighted in the darkness in the areas of dense jungle with no trails. On nights of the full moon, numerous credible sightings of bands of tall and muscular warriors, bronzed and beautiful to behold, are reported. Legends say that they do not touch the ground, instead floating just above it and leaving no trace of their existence. No living person is allowed to see them or else they will be harmed or even killed. See, I told you. Looking upon the night marchers is said to be an act of defiance and therefore must be punished. In order to avoid this, once the drumming is heard, any living person should immediately go inside, lay prone on the ground, or stare at the ground and avoid all contact. However, if the person who is caught in the middle of the march has an ancestor that is marching, as soon as they recognize them, they should call out Nau, which means mine in Hawaiian, and they will be safe from harm throughout the entire march. Now, now, what's up, Uncle Fred? Hey, Billy Bob, what's up, man? <laughs> this goes back to the ancient Hawaiian lore, which states that the marchers' actions are traced back to their job in life. The warriors were protecting a chief or king as they made their march through the islands. The ancient laws declared that a king or chief's body parts were sacred, and punishment for looking was instant death, usually by bolts of intense light and flaming heat which came from the eyes of the warriors, which incinerates the victims instantly, causing them to turn into vapors which dissipate into the night. So they were Kryptonians. That's crazy, because that's... I, I, I heard all these stories, and I'm going to tell you what, it's, it's bone-chilling. Bone-chilling, yeah. Uh, if the king or chief's front side was not to be observed, then he would lead the night marchers from the front. If it was his back he did not want looked at, he would then be in the back of the night marchers. Many times it was said that the leader of the march was a god, and if it was a god that was being marched, death would come to any that was unfortunate enough to be caught in their shadow. Thus, many of their marches took place at night to avoid this. So, how do you tell if a night march is headed your way? It all starts with loud drums in the distance, but is followed by a foul and musky death-like odor. Torches will begin to be seen in the distance. If it's a god being marched, the torches will be bright and have one very large one in the front, one large one in the back, along with three large ones within the procession. Once you hear the tone of a conch shell being blown, this is your warning to leave the area, lay face down, or look at the ground immediately. And you better do it. Yes, you do. These you do not play this around. This is not something you don't want to mess around with. No, because there are, like I said, supernatural powers on this planet nope. and in this universe, and certain things need to be taken seriously. Now, one way to avoid this is to have a tea plant around the front of your home, for they are the only thing to deter the night marchers. Otherwise, these things are said to 
go through any and every obstacle in their path, except for the tea plant. Now, I will say this. Uh, when we were discussing before the episode, yeah. Uncle Joe and his Oahu tour, he is heavily armed with all kinds of herbs and mystical trinkets and things. He's got He's stuff prepared, on huh? him. He's very prepared. And he carries tea leaves. Nice. Lots of tea leaves for protection. He is well protected then. Yes, he is. And he spoke of this. Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird? Yes. Will I am. Are you ready to bring on the weird? Did you you just make a will I am joke? Uh, yeah, I did. (laughs) Nice. I'll allow it. Anyway, we're just a couple of harmless guys digging into weird things we don't know much about. We're just trying to figure out what the hell is happening in the world outside our homes. Do we get things wrong? Without a doubt. Are we learning from those mistakes? Not anytime soon. Are you entertained by the crap we're talking about? Of course. That's why I always listen to the show. You listen? Alright, what, what do you like to listen to about the show? I like aliens, conspiracies, cryptids, NWO, shadow government, you name it. What? Oh, hold on. Do the aliens come from inside the Earth instead of interstellar travel? What made the conspiracy start? Why did that cryptid evolve to do the things it does? Who runs this NWO? Listen in as we dive into all manners of subjects as we bring on the weird. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to clips of our episodes on our YouTube channel. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. Are there night marchers in the day? Yes. Kahuna elders advise that the night marchers only appear during daylight hours when they are coming to accompany a member of their ohana or family on their death journey across the rainbow bridge to the joy of the spirit world beyond. That's right. And ohana means family. That's it. And that means, and family never gets left behind. That is amen for sure, buddy. Right on. And that's uh, the story of the night marchers. Yeah. Like I said, and and most of the research, like you said, it pretty much tells the same tale because... Mm -hmm. They don't vary much in their activities. No. They appear. They march through. They make a loud noise. They make known they're there. You better right. get down. Get down. Don't look at me. Yeah. And then we're gone. Or they will blast you and incinerate you. That's right. Yeah. And the fact that they did this for centuries. They still do it. And they still do it. Yeah. Matter of fact. There is a ton of, like I said, the night marchers probably come from heavy residual paranormal energy. As yes. far as you know, as, as far as I look at it now, uh, from hearing all the stories and seeing what they do, because as we know, residual energy is formed when something happens over yes. and over and over again. Even to people who are still alive, like anybody ever heard the mystery of the thirsty man? I don't know if you've ever heard that story. So, as an old man still alive mm-hmm. would get up every night and march to the kitchen to get a drink of water. And that's why they call him Thirsty Man. It was like every night at 2 or 3 in the morning, he'd get up, get a, get a glass of water, and then he'd go back to bed. And he had done this for years and years and years. And then it was said that one night, on his way to get a glass of water, he encountered himself coming oh, down the hallway in the yeah. opposite direction. Yeah. And it's just that residual, residual energy, energy from such a re- from mm-hmm. a repeated pattern. Yep. So, roughly translated into this, that's probably where these marchers come from. Is gotcha. The residual energy of the... Ori- I, guess, I guess it's just a timeless march. march. It's yeah. just going to go on forever and ever because mm-hmm. they they did it for centuries. They still do it as ceremonial stuff. But, yeah. 
I, which, that's probably where I think it comes from. Which would explain why they don't leave footprints because residual energy doesn't leave any physical traces. No, it does not. So that's a that's a, probably a pretty good bet. Yeah. I, I might have described it a little rough, but that's basically what I think of it anyway. So I was able to track down a couple of short encounters from people on Reddit of the Night Marchers. Ooh. So they're, they're short, but they're the only encounters I could find, actual encounters. So Well, well when people get the uh, daylight scared out of them, they don't, they're not going to want to go and... Uh, and talk all about it. And talk about it. So <laughs> a lot probably. of people probably didn't say nothing. They may have felt, maybe I, I don't want to say nothing because yeah. I don't want following me. So, yeah. Let's well, hear them, man. All right. So the first one is by user Gaseous Part Dew. It says, my wife, when she was a teen who lived a mile upslope from... Kalakua Bay, Big Island, stated one night she and her friends were down on the beach. They had sand then. When they saw at night a long line of torches coming down the Captain Cook Monument switchback trail. These torches went out one by one as each disappeared at the Hayu just above the beach. Just torches and no bodies. She said they freaked and they ran back as fast to their homes like a tsunami was coming. Yeah, I bet they did. Yep. My Powo buddy said that they come out on the eighth month of the eighth day of the Hawaiian lunar calendar sometime after sunset and before sunrise in any sacred place. Probably because of years after years after years of doing it at doing the it exact night. same time. Mm-hmm. Because they did have calendars. Yeah, they did. You know, they they, they, they had their or, you know they had their organization stuff, so I'm sure they managed to do this at the same time every single year. So The next experience comes from user Squishy Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. it. Says, husband's encounter with the night marchers. I told some people here that I would post my husband's story about his experience seeing the Night Marchers. I will do my best to explain this. The Night Marchers are the ghosts of ancient Hawaiian warriors. At certain phases of the moon, they walk the night in specific paths, which are known by a lot of locals, and it is absolutely disrespectful to walk or cross on these paths. Here is the story. This all takes place in Kiani on Maui. My husband, his father, and his friend went fishing. There was a small cabin nearby they were camping in. My friend's husband told him that maybe 200 yards away from the cabin, there was a path leading from there to the beach and to not walk on it, use a different one. They were camping on a full moon. His friend said it was okay that the night marchers would be out on the new moon, but he was wrong. Don't ever assume. That first and only night, my husband was sleeping with his face toward the screen door. He woke up, opened his eyes, and a ways from the cabin outside, there was a silhouette with a torch in its hand and he could hear a drumbeat. It started to turn and looked at him. As it did, he quickly buried his face back in the pillow, seeing nothing. That morning, he told his friend and dad what happened. Long story short, a three-day trip turned into a one-day trip. They got the heck out of Dodge. This is enough to make me more of a believer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and the one thing I hope that never does happen, you know, as younger generations come up, I hope they respect the traditions. Yeah. They don't take these old legends uh, for granted or they don't uh, abuse them by dressing up like these warriors and walking with torches and trying to scare the living crap out of tourists and stuff. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope they respect it. I hope they respect them, too. It's got to keep it real. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the uh, that's the story of the Night Marchers. I loved it. It was very cool. It was very neat to hear all about them, and they are very, uh, a very scary bunch of individuals. Yes, they are. Yeah. So I now, now I know if I'm in Hawaii, and I hear a drumbeat and a conch cell, I will start to look down Wait. and not look up. And those island kings were brutal oh, in their man. discipline and brutal in their rules. So yeah. yeah, this is it's not uncommon for them to say, "You look at me the wrong way, you're dead." You're dead. 
All right, James, well, why don't you tell the fine folks at home where they can find us online and on the apps? Absolutely. Uh, you can find our podcast on the fourthhand.com media network. We're proud members. Love those guys. Lots of great shows. You'll also be able to find our other project there, What the Suck. Uh, we are also on the Big Evil Facebook under State of Fear. And we are under Instagram on State of Fear. As well. Yep. Yes. Uh, we can also you can find us on like I say Google Podcasts, Any Apple Podcasts, podcast, yeah. YouTube, uh, YouTube. Yes, That's right. We're on there now. Uh, Spotify, well. Castbox, anywhere you can find it. Chris has got us out there. Go find us. Whatever app you listen to, it is most likely we're going to be there. And please rate and review. The more you rate, the more up we go on the list, and the more people find us. Absolutely, we'd appreciate it if you do that. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Or just, uh, you know, drop us, like I said, drop us a rating. Let us know how you like the show. All right, James. Well, this was a fun episode. I look forward to our next road trip. Indeed. And I like this because, like I said, I was actually, when I was on vacation, being, you know, hearing these legends from an actual Hawaiian priest and experiencing some of that for myself was awesome. No, we didn't come across the marchers, but... But that, that's a good stories, thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a good thing. It's a good thing you didn't yeah. come across them. Because then you want to come back and be able to be like these episodes. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you on the next episode, next state, and on the next road trip. Aloha. Oh, and don't forget to stay tuned for the personal encounter stories coming up right now. My name is Hazel Evans, and this is my story. In 2009, my family and I went on a trip to Hawaii. One of the excursions we took was a night tour of some haunted locations on the island. One of the first places we stopped was this field where we were told the story of the night marchers. We were told that these were warrior spirits who would move with purpose to the beat of the sounding drums. And we were told to keep an eye out for the flames or the torches that these spirit warriors would carry or to listen for drumming and that if we came across one of these marchers, to look away. As our tour guide told the story, I remember feeling the subtle pain in my arm. I had never experienced anything like this before. At the time, I was afraid to say anything to the tour guide, but I did mention to my family members what I was feeling. Before heading to our next location, we took a break at a rest stop. Now, mind you, along the way, our tour guide told us many stories of many different locations that we were going to and all the haunted stories that went with it. And they just seemed to get creepier. And then he mentioned attachments and how some of his guests had contacted him in the past from their hotel rooms after the tour, telling them that something wasn't right. So because of this, during this stop, I did mention to him about my arm hurting and how it felt to me as if someone had a hold of me by the arm. While the tour guide proceeded to try to rid of whatever it was that had followed me, a woman had started to snap photos. When all of this was over and I didn't feel like my arm was hurting anymore, The woman who had taken the photos asked me if I had a tattoo on my arm. I did not. When I looked at the photo, I noticed what looked like fingerprints of a large person around my upper arm, basically right where I felt the pain. 
Our next stop was the Manoa Chinese Cemetery, where there is this old burnt-out tree that is said to be a portal for spirits. The story was that people would report fireballs and orbs emanating from this tree. The tour guide asked for a volunteer, and of course, after what had happened to me earlier, my interest was piqued and I volunteered. I stood in the middle of this tree and just closed my eyes. I could hear everyone snapping photos while the tour guide said some spiritual words to help me connect with my father who had passed years earlier. Suddenly I felt this gust of wind, as did everyone else, and I felt a tingly sensation around my hand. I remember opening my eyes, I guess in hopes of seeing an apparition of my father, but I couldn't see anything. But I did feel as though there was someone holding my hand. I also felt the same kind of feeling behind me over my shoulder and immediately an image of my grandmother who I had lost as a preteen came to my mind. At that moment, even though I couldn't explain any of it, I knew I had connected with both of them somehow in that spot and it brought tears to my eyes. When I left the tree and headed back towards the tour group, a woman showed me a photo that she had snapped during that moment. There was an orb of light right where I had felt my hand being touched and another on my shoulder. And for me, that was enough proof at the time to tell me that what I felt was real. These experiences stuck with me upon my return home, and it launched my interest in the paranormal. I've been trying to find answers ever since. Thank you for listening to my story.
Hey there, this is Erica Kelly, host of Southern Fried True Crime. I cover contemporary and historical cases, and I love listener suggestions. And like any good gossip, I'm interested in anyone and anything. Come join me as I explore the dark underbelly of the Deep South. I'm a one-woman show in a narrative format, kind of like sitting by the fire and listening to a story. So pull up a chair and subscribe if you're interested. I'd love to have you. You can find me on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search for Southern Fried True Crime. Until then, y'all take care.